of course, and we're talking about this because it is called show business. Is what? Really what it's Taylor, is it? What? <laughs> yes, of course it's called show business. <laughs> and you can't have the show. There's no business like yeah. show business. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have the show without the business. So you can't. Hello and welcome to episode 87 of Theater News. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your Trunk or Treats production of Rocky Horror Picture Show Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right. You can and you should. Mm-hmm. Leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help other theater nerds find this podcast. That's right, and to find out more about the Theater Nerd cult that we're all a part of, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at Theater Nerd Pod, and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing the business of Broadway. Money, Broadway. money, money, money! <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. That's pretty good. All right, Rachel. Here we Taylor. are. Monday. Hi. We're Happy deep Monday. In, we're deep into October now. Fall season. I would. I'm not sure this is deep into October, yeah, you're but right. we're in it. It's we're, happening. We're in it. Yeah. It is. I here. mean, spooky season. October first. Yeah. Hocus Pocus, another movie that I need to watch. <laughs> so good. Time every every. <sighs> Did you did you like the sequel? I think we talked about this last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean it's very campy. Yeah. But I liked it a lot. Well, yeah. we all know you love camp because you love theater yeah. camp. So I love theater camp and I love yeah. camp in yeah. general. <laughs> exactly. It's funny that camp. camp can be like a verb but also a noun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. Well, lots of things like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Never mind. English today. <laughs> Welcome. This actually, is actually, we're not actually talking about business. We're talking about English. <laughs> Today's podcast yeah. is how verbs goes, and nouns work. It all goes in together. Conjunction, um, junction. What's your function? True. Oh my gosh. Well, rock. this. I feel like Our this school, episode has been Schoolhouse Rock. Sorry. Oh yeah, Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this episode has been long time coming. I feel like even when we first started the podcast, we were like. We're going to do a business episode. <laughs> and it only took 87 yes. episodes to do it. I know. I don't know. I guess maybe we were daunted by it. I don't it's know. It is terrifying. Big, yeah. It is a I big feel like topic. I have lots of caveats to say when we start talking about it because I'm I'm, so I need a excited. caveat left and right. 
I watched lots of videos. I read lots of articles. I found yes. a whole organization that deals with the business yes. of Broadway, which I'm excited to talk about. So yeah, um, lots of things to discuss. But before we get to our main course this week, our appetizer, our which is calamari, my favorite appetizer Ooh. of all time that I get at every restaurant. We, of course, have to do our What's the Buzz segment. What's the bus? Tell me what's happening. 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 What's the bus? Bring it Um, it back like it's happened. Bring it back like it happened in 2009 or whatever. Um, iPhone 15. Come on, Jimmy. Come on now. Uh, This is this is of course the our um, current Broadway theater news segment, and um, lots to discuss. But we also have lots to discuss for our main topic. So. We're just going to no. try and fly through these, which is yeah. what we say every week. And then yeah. it takes us a we bajillion spend years. 30 minutes alone on the notebook song. That's <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I'm we're clocking the time yeah. and we're going to be yeah. better this time. No, I mean, listen, people, this is what the people want to hear. So is it what the people want to hear? This is for the fans. The buzz let is for the fans. Know. Is this yeah. the fans? That's well, true. The fansies, let us know. Fans. All right. Yeah. Rachel, what's our first first? order of order of the Phoenix? (laughs) There we go. See, look. Yeah, the first the first order order up is that our fifth year of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway. That's wild. I know, isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. Will uh, commence soon, and there is a new Broadway cast, and I won't name all the names um, because that's just crazy. But um, Harry Daniel Potter, is, no, Steve Haggard, Angela Reed is Ginny Potter, Joel Myers is Albus Potter, and Daniel Frederick as Ron Weasley, and Kara Ricketts as Hermione Granger, and mm. more. Um, and oh, sorry, let me say Rose and Maya Jerome Thomas as Rose Granger Weasley. Mm. And I am very excited to yeah. kind of see how this cast goes. Um, I think we got some new pictures of them too, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. Yeah. And what I was going to say about the pictures is that it looks like an Ab- Abercrombie ad. <laughs> like all the actors look so pretty. And I'm like, oh, they are God. very pretty. Wow. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing to think about when it comes to Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is just a reminder for those people who don't know or don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a four act show, which meant it was two productions, two plays, with two yeah. acts. Yes. Uh, And so you had to come back to the theater to see part two. So you came and you saw part one, which was two acts. And then you came and you saw part two, which Mm -hmm. was two acts in total being four acts. And since COVID, they have changed it um, to be in America, in the United States to be a two act play, um, which means you just are there the one time you've seen it the one time. And that's that's that. Mm -hmm. They also completely renovated the theater that um, it is in. Mm-hmm. before it uh, um, came to Broadway. So um, anyway, I'm just interested to see how this this show continues in year five, uh, this third year, two and a second year, third year of mm-hmm. it being a two-act play. 
versus a four act play. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's playing at the Lyric Theater and it's still quite a buzz. So yeah, I mean, I think the name check, alone, check out. Yeah. Harry Potter is going to sell tickets, but it is interesting that I don't know. I'm just, as someone who's seen the four act play twice, I'm just in, always interested to know, like someone that goes back, like, is it just as good? Like, I don't know. And is it just okay. like one of the plays or did they just merge the two? Well, that's or? what I don't fully understand. Yeah. I mean, I I would be intrigued. I think I've talked about this before. There's so many technical things within the show that happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's magic. And right. magic in the real world doesn't happen. And so on spoilers. And so on the stage, you have it's to have a lot of technical. Yeah. You yeah. have a lot of for, technical for listeners. You have to have a lot of technical things that happen. Um, right. And there were so many technical things. That's why it was four acts. It had to be reset for so long. The second act, I mean, the second play had too, it was too long for it to be together because the intermission would have been so long because they physically mm-hmm. have to move sets out of the space and put other sets in and right. change their flies. It's just absolutely wild. So I don't know how um, they've decided to, what elements they've decided to take and not. I would assume some of the production has diminished. When so. you go back for the second play, does it like pick back up like right where the first play ended? Yes, basically. Yeah, that's wild. Because it really was met as one play. Right. It's basically Angels in America is really what it is. Yes. It's just yeah. like any Shakespeare show that's four, four acts. Yeah. Yeah. The business of Broadway. Um, next is what we're talking about. Is a uh, next buzz is very exciting. I did not expect this. Um, yeah, this we learned week. this on Wednesday, October third, or yeah. Tuesday, October third. Yeah, on October third, he asked me what day it is. What day is it? It's October third. Um, mean Girls is heading to London this Whoa. next summer. Starting at the Savoy Theater on June 2024, and tickets are going on sale November 1st. So that's super exciting. A bunch of people were wondering if the trailer for the movie was going to come out um, that day, but we just got a poster with basically the Mean Girls label logo with a music note in it, <laughs> just to say that it's a musical. <laughs> Reef Carney is going to be playing his final performance in Hades Town. Not very surprising. No. Eva Yeah, Yeah, off the heels of Eva leaving. So he is um, playing his final performance on November 19th. So a little over a month, um, people will get to see Spider Man in Hades (laughs) Town. Yeah. No, uh, I wonder if this means, is he going to go do the other Great Gatsby musical? <laughs> He's going to go Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be hilarious. That's all I'm saying. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that idea. That would be really fun. Thank you. Yeah. I should be a producer. Because <laughs> it's a Broadway. Oh, but we're going to talk about that today. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I want to be him for I'm Leo Bloom today. Yeah. Well, we're gonna talk about him at the end. Oh well, sort of. Uh also this week we found out that Six on Broadway will host a sing-along performance in March. I mean, have we ever done this before in the history of of Broadway? It's giving 
it's giving rowdy cats showing. <laughs> That's what it's giving in 2019. Here's what it's giving. It's giving all these dang people be singing these songs at this, this performance. We're going to have one specifically for you, and then y'all can shut up. I mean, the giving. most recent time I saw Wicked, which was a year ago, I did mouth and sing along a little bit. And then, I hate that. Uh, <laughs> and then the first time I saw Hamilton, I did sing a little bit but not that much but i think this would be fun to go to i think it would be so rowdy that's all i'm saying it would be it's like a concert it's like a it's like a sing-along concert i mean yeah it's just i just i mean good for them good for them i hope they do it every like once a year (laughs) or like or like once a quarter kind of like our our theater preview like they need to do a sing-along like once every quarter yeah. That's and cute. also, I, or maybe just every show on Broadway once a year does a sing along. I agree. Could yeah. it be like a here's here's what I envision, not to not to talk too long on the buzz section. Well, you know that beautiful the Di- the Neil Diamond musical every night is probably a sing along. No, so. no, that's why they moved it to matinee. Yeah. 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 No, here's here's what I imagine. Sorry. <laughs> right. Okay, here's what I imagine. It's like a beer crawl, but it's a sing along crawl. Love this. On Broadway. Yeah. Just imagine. Yeah. It's like the it's like the marathon, but it's sing-alongs and it's just like 48 hours of straight shenanigans. Yeah. And tomfoolery. It's basically Broadway con, but with structured singing on the Broadway stages. I mean, yeah. it sounds amazing and okay. terrifying. Well, so while we're here, what show on Broadway would you want the most to do a sing-along to? Mm, that's a really good question okay i'm throwing yeah. it back at you while i think okay well i the uh, weirdly enough my first thought was the book of mormon Ooh, how fun good. would that be it would be Very so fun. fun two by two hello spooky mormon hell dream yeah. i mean there's so many hits american prophet yeah i don't know i will say something um, like parade would not be a good single no <laughs> i'm thinking something like maybe even shucked like Ooh, i know that that's yeah. new but like something like that mm-hmm. or um, yeah, Kimberly Akimbo is definitely off the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things where you're just like, I want, like, maybe Chicago? Chicago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> or even Moulin Rouge. Yeah, Moulin Rouge. Because we, we all yeah. know the words. I mean, you just have to understand, though, you would just be completely ruining. You would be just completely ruining yeah. the, the beauty of yeah. the singing. I mean, Hamilton would be fun because everyone knows the oh, words already. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. And yeah, guns, yeah, and yeah. Ship, guns and ships would just be like... Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it would be... Yeah. Yeah. Most wild. Make a joke. Chaos. Um, Speaking yeah, of chaos so and hope, being wild... Let's hope that for Broadway next year. Um, yeah. Yes. Speaking of being wild, yes. Being wild is the 2024 Tony Awards. That's right. Which it is-, is that... On June 16th at the Lincoln Center, mm. the Tony Awards will be taking place. That's right. New date, new Isn't home. Amazing. New year, new Tony. Uptown. <laughs> I know. Yeah. New date. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. New, new year, new me. Um, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, this is um, when I saw the picture of the theater, I was like, why? And like, I was like, why hasn't the Tony Awards been here all along? Like, it really does just make sense. Yeah, we were all like, um, hello. Yeah. It's a like beautiful theater. Do some ASMR for us. Oh. Yeah, it's a beautiful theater. And I also think like 
I mean, it just makes sense. It just yeah. makes sense to me, and especially given what the Lincoln like Center has been doing. Yeah. yeah, in the community. So that's very exciting. I feel like it's a little, like maybe a, a week or two later. Isn't it normally earlier in it's June? Normally the first weekend of June. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, but. But that gives us more time as Tony voters who don't have to see every single show to yeah. see more shows. As us, oh, these oh, you and I, Tony voters, right. right? Yeah, we as the Tony voter. Um, this is as wild our next piece of buzz as the sing along on Six on so Broadway funny. and Juliet and Sesame Street are teaming up for a collab, and a um, collab, a collab, yeah, a collab. Um, I'm not sure when this episode is dropping, but we'll put it in our show notes if we have a clip. Um, is there? Yeah. I don't know if there is a clip yet, but I don't know. And in other Anne Juliet news, Ariana Grande went to Anne Juliet, and it's been yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it is everywhere. She was so excited. She, like she never, yeah, she, yeah, like she's never seen a Broadway show right, before. Right, no, yeah. she hasn't been on a Broadway show. Well, before has she been? I guess she saw Wicked because she saw that before she started filming. Yeah, but I feel like. She hasn't seen one since like 13 is what the. I know. I, I just, that's what the vibes it's giving. It's giving theater yeah. nerd. I love it. So Ariana, if you're a, listening. 13 would have been a great sing-along show. You're <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. I would. Ugh, or wow, honestly, Mean know. Girls would be so fun. Mean Sorry, girls. I just keep thinking mean girls is good. Of them. Mean Girls yeah. is good. Jessica Vosk and Whitney, I cannot pronounce her last name. Baez? Baez? Bassy? Bassey, Bassey, good. One day I'll learn. Will lead Beaches musical industry readings. I feel like we had this, didn't we? Have a thing about Beaches? Yes, I think. Didn't we talk about this already? Thought we did too, but I don't know. I put it in there because it was because we're doing it again. Right. We've already said it. You're welcome. Just be beaching and be reading. Um, yes. We got our first look at the non-replica Wicked production in Germany, or is it Switzerland? Sweden. Oh, sweet, mm-hmm. Sweden. Wow, I named three different countries. Yeah, none of those correct. are right except yeah. Sweden. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. At least I didn't say America. <laughs> it's but, got to Boris Soperan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't put it in our notes here because it's a big word. So, um, But the pictures look really, really cool, and I think... I wonder if the Wicked movie is going to be... Well, I mean, we've seen costumes and stuff and from mm-hmm. the Wicked movie, so yeah, I think it is going to be different. But but there's no, it's the same content, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's the same show, I think, just the, the like... Because most of... I, I've even watching videos from people that have been in Wicked, like, they're like, yeah, everything is like... Like, you cannot sing it differently. Like, you have to sing it the way it's right. always been done. And yeah. So, hmm. but that's of, exciting. Good for Sweden. Yeah. Good for Sweden. Good for Wicked. Wicked's having a True. moment. Always Wicked. having a moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, speaking of people who seem to always be having a moment, although it might be problematic. Yeah, so much stuff. Is, is no one else but Elvis. And um, this week we got photos released of uh, Elvis, a musical revolution at Ooh. the Walnut Street Theater in nowhere else but Philadelphia. Um, I'm very intrigued by this. The photo, Is I mean, we didn't Philly? get that. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I don't know why I thought it was somewhere else. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I'm very, how do you intrigued. feel about this? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, on my TikTok recently, I don't know why. Was there like a movie premiere about something? I'm not sure. But it's Priscilla? been about, yeah. Yes. It's been all about that. Priscilla about, is the new. Um, tell me. Tell me what this is. Is the Because I thought Sophia it was Priscilla, Coppola, Queen maybe? of the Desert. No, oh. it's not Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah. Got it. Sophia Coppola, who's Francis Ford Coppola's daughter, director of The Godfather, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, she has a new movie coming out about Priscilla Presley. And Jacob Elordi's in it from... Uh, what's that show that's about drugs? Um, bad, bad, Breaking Bad. No, no, he's from no? the one with Zendaya. Um, why am I blanking on this? Euphoria. Euphoria. He's on Euphoria. The Take one that's about drugs. It is about drugs. Crying. <laughs> um. Yeah, he plays Jacob Elordi plays Elvis in that movie. Um, but yeah, I feel like there. I mean. Obviously, last year with the Elvis movie, Austin Butler nominated for an Oscar. I feel like there's been a lot of Elvis content in the past two years. It's Obviously, so the musical probably has been in development for probably yes. five years. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's all coming to a place at the same time. So. And Elvis on the time is... when we we're talking about how maybe it is weird about things that he's done. This is giving MJ musical different, different, different extension of that, but it's mm. giving the same thing of like, okay, but now we're talking about the fullness of him being human, which, you know, which means that he's did things that were not necessarily great. And you know, that, yeah. uh, and more people are talking about that. So I'm wondering, is that going to affect the musical? I will be curious to see if there's any kind of buzz about this moving to Broadway. It hasn't really affected MJ. So I know. Yeah, I know. Which is wild. Yeah. Um, Speaking of literally wild, insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Literally wild. This past week, um, at a at a at a performance of Les Miserables in London, was interrupted and stopped by protesters for Just Stop Oil. Literally jumped on stage during. Do you hear the people sing? There's a video. We will share it in mm-hmm. our notes. It is literally wild. Also, one of the other. Um, audience members jumps up and rips their flag. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is not going to go well. Um, and then literally all the stage hands come on and like push the cast back and then bring down the scrim and then they canceled the performance. And oh my gosh, it was a whole thing. This is just crazy. And, and it was also, giving Taylor flash- flashbacks. Yes, it was of my Aladdin experience. Yeah. Which, go back and listen to our Disney episode. I don't know when I talked about that I first. can't remember when you talked about yeah. that. Yeah. But it was just, I just, I was just like, do people not know, like, theater? Ed- this is not a part of Rachel's theater etiquette rules. I mean, it's so hard because theater itself has been a protest in general to a lot right. of things and a satire to so many things. And, you know, I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm... It is challenging because this doesn't feel like the platform. Like, unless I mean, I didn't, I haven't, I haven't looked it up. So this is ignorance on me. And I maybe by the time that we talk next week, I will learn more. But unless some mm-hmm. like big oil person was there, why are we protesting this at a musical? Right. Like, that's not about that. Like, right. Les Mis mm-hmm. is not about oil. 
And also, well, they are... spent their money and bought tickets. Well, I this is then... like I I really like it. Either way, right? Putting people in harm's way to protest is something that I struggle with. Um, and the theater, right. mm-hmm. like the actors, didn't were not prepared. And we could have a whole episode on the safety precautions mm-hmm. of theater and if they're right. actually safe and just all of this stuff. I think but... the actors looked just very confused. They won't really know what was going on, is what yeah. I gathered. Right. Because yeah. who would have thought that that's what it would have happened when you're building right. the barricade? Right. No. No one. Right. Anyway, it's just fine. Marius is just trying to sing about Cosette. That's all he wants. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. it would have been one. I wonder. I, I mean, obviously, they just wanted, like, the press. Uh, that they I guess. And it's it. working. Yeah. And it is. But I wonder if they would have gotten just as much press if they had just done it outside of the theater. Like Outside the theater. Yeah. 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 Also, why Les Mis? Like, I that's know, I what I was like, trying to get at. That's why like, I'm like, I don't understand why is it this show? Why not like, like there were Cinderella or Hamilton? Yeah, yeah. Chad Cinderella, I'm crying. <laughs> a day, almost a year ago to this day, it became Bad Cinderella. So, um, so and what did knows. I say? Do you like, remember? The pan, well, the actually, pan, when we pan, talked about it, pan. I was like, oh no. my gosh, this is horrible. This is gonna, the press is gonna eat this alive. Like. Yeah. Okay. Um, Nick Frediani, Frediani will take over the role of Neil Diamond in A Beautiful Noise, Rachel's favorite musical, mm-hmm. um, starting on Halloween. So that's Ooh. exciting. Um, I saw a video of him Ooh. on like a radio station or something, and he was like, let me do my my Neil Diamond impression. And I was like, oh, this is how he got the role? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused. It was funny. We'll put it in our show notes. But oh my god! Oh yes. And then star Scott Bakula. I don't know. I'm taking this one because Rachel's shaking her head. Yeah, is going to you. star in the world premiere of The Connector, which um, will be scored music and lyrics by Jason Robert Brown at MCC Theater starting on January 12th. Which is very exciting because we love some JRB here on Theater Nights. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And last but not least, Rachel, take us home. And last but not with least, Ferris Bueller if, himself. Yeah. If Taylor were watching this season of Only Murders in the Building, okay, he would I'll know that okay. Matthew Broderick has been in the theater scene recently. Wow. And uh, yeah, indeed, he is coming back and he will lead Babette. Uh, yeah. At La Jolla Playhouse and on November 7th, starting in November 7th. And yeah. one thing we should know, and I think we've talked about this before, um, we've talked about this especially with Paper Mill Playhouse, but La Jolla Playhouse uh, in California has been one of the most successful off-Broadway mm-hmm. yeah. uh, regional theaters that has brought on uh, Broadway mm-hmm. shows to or transferred into the shows woods, from them into to the Broadway. There. Yeah. So Almost just want to shout that out. We should definitely be watching what they're doing this season um, as with a lot mm. of other places. You know, I know we have our eyes on the Gatsby that is at Paper Mill, but La Jolla's around. Yeah. La Jolla is La Jolla. So yeah. La Jolla. <laughs> La Jolla. La Jolla. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, that's our buzz for this week. I feel like we did pretty well. Maybe like 20 like some minutes. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. good. I kept looking at the time. Yeah. 
Um, but of course, we move on to our main course. What's our main course today, Rachel? You said the, uh, the appetizer was calamari. Calamari, yeah. Uh, sushi then? Sushi. Ooh. Ooh. Love that. Because there are bits and pieces. Mm. We're just we're, we're putting it all about, together. We're talking about the kibbles and bits of Broadway. <laughs> Come get your kibbles and bits. Um, yeah, so today we're talking about... That. Yeah, you take that soundbite wherever you would like. Um, <laughs> we're talking about the business of Broadway or the busyness of Broadway, depending on how you look at the it. Biz, the business. The business, of course. And we're talking about this because it is called show business. Is what? Really what Taylor, is it? What? <laughs> yes, of course it's called show business. <laughs> And you can't have the show. There's no business like yeah. show business. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have the show without the business. So you can't. They yeah. are together. They are they as are. one. That's right. And Broadway is a big business, is really <laughs> maybe one of the I mean, it's not the biggest business, but it is a big business. It is a crazy business. It is some crazy business also. Yeah. It's a big business for, like, how small Broadway is. Like, how yes. small of a sector. I mean, I looked this up, and we talked about this on our on our theaters episode, but there's only 41 theaters on Broadway. Like, that's really not that many. And it, the fact that it takes in so much money a year, and there's only 41, like, and there's probably not even 41 shows running at one time. Like, that's just crazy. Crazy. So, it is a big business. It's a big topic that we wanted to discuss Obviously, we're not going to get to literally every detail of the business on Broadway, but we're going to talk about things that we feel like are important to talk about when we talk about the business of Broadway. We also are going to link a lot of articles, TikToks, show things that we found, videos that we found that we um, feel like are important. If you want to expound on your, if you're interested about the business of Broadway and want to, or if you want to be a producer or something like that, go check out all our stuff below. I'm doing it like we're on video. I'm like pointing down. YouTube, subscribe. Well, yeah. Rachel, like I said, we've been at the beginning of the show, we've been talking about this episode for a long time and we, yeah. we just kind of kept pushing it back. It's really because it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's very because I think daunting. we have the caveat that like neither of us have an MBA. So right. neither of us are coming at it from the business professional side of, officially. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah. of course, we have experience. And then neither of us, um, you know, are, are business or like Broadway analytic people or producers ourselves. So mm-hmm. all of what we know about this is because we know stuff about it and we've decided to start learning about it, whether that's now or before. Yeah. And I think the one thing that we wanted to make this specific episode, we, I don't want to, this to be our brand. You know, there are other people who are amazing. And once again, we'll talk about them later where this is what they talk about. This is the ins and outs. And we know that some yeah. people um, on our, who are our listeners are like, wah, wah, mm-hmm. this was this week's episode. Um, but I, I do feel like it's really important as Taylor said, because it is a show business. And I think recently we've really been talking a lot about why shows are closing and why mm. shows are doing well. And I just feel like now is the time to talk about money. Money. Yeah. Um, money, because money, 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 money talks, as we know, in every other part yeah. of our lives. Yeah. Um, and I think there's this myth or there's this idea, if you don't know any, if you are not aware of 
uh, stuff going on in Broadway that that awards lead to shows being on Broadway longer. And I yeah. think that we've we've busted this myth before, but I just want to say like that is not necessarily true. Obviously, awards and recognition does help with a lot of most of the time with a lot of publications. It helps um, allow people to advertise. But like at the end of the day, the award does not necessarily give you more money. It's not a right. cash prize. It is not right. tickets sold. It is just an avenue in which you can explain that, yes, you are valued and yes, you are important. It's the same yeah. way that you might be able to negotiate better salary now that you right. have had won this award. Right. The same is true. Yeah. They're going to ask you for more money because they won 12 Tony Awards right. versus right. if someone didn't win any. Yeah. It's basically publicity is really what it is as far as Marketing. Tony Awards. And, yeah. and to give you guys an example of both, which we've talked about both of these shows, Spring Awakening and the Spring Awakening doc, they talk about the documentary on HBO or on Max, excuse me. Um, yeah, yeah, Taylor. Correct name. Got to use its correct name. Um they talk about in the documentary about how the show was not doing well. You could see the empty seats in the theater. Like it was basically because it played at the, I think Atlantic theater company before is what it, where yes. it played at. Mm-hmm. And um, they, it was a small, I mean, maybe three or four, 500 seats in that theater. And that was what it was only playing on Broadway to like an 1100 seat theater. And that's not good. And once the show got Tony nominations and ultimately won Tony awards. It really propelled the show into a phenomenon. And that's a case where I think it Tony awards does help the business side of it. But then on the flip side, I would say, and I think there's a lot of factors to this one of some that we'll definitely talk about today, but a strange loop, which recently won the best musical award um, Tony two years ago did not run for very long and it won one of the biggest awards of the season the biggest award of the season um so i think obviously there's other factors to that but that's just kind of two examples of kind of tony awards helping a show and tony awards maybe not so much helping a show yeah absolutely okay so we're going to talk about a lot of different things related to the business but i like a lot of technical things we might talk about gross Mm. and net and seat percentages. Yeah. And Rachel's not just talking about me. <laughs> yeah, gross. Yeah. Uh, and we might talk Net. about average ticket sales and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But first, I want to talk about, like, how how does it work? Like, when we think about a Broadway show, in terms of measuring success and thinking about how long they can run, how does it work? Mm. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Okay. So here's part of my answer. Just like with anything, if you, if you, Taylor was talking about birthday week with his wife, which is so, so cute. Um, and they have a budget for a birthday week, right? And so the idea is that Taylor, you know, is to stay within the budget because that's what they budgeted. That's what the expenses and they've already mm-hmm. had their income come in. And so that's why they can have that budget. Right. With a Broadway show. For those who don't know, my wife's birthday was this past week, and we do little gifts every day for the week of the of your birthday. Yes. It's so cute. <laughs> um. So, but like, unlike that, in a Broadway show, depending on where you ran before transferring to Broadway and how many producers you had on your show and what their investment was, you 
don't necessarily have money mm-hmm. before you start the show. Right. So you are in the hole. You've paid for whatever the production is pre-run, pre-Broadway run. You've paid for whatever your actual production design is. You've paid for your actors. You've paid for your costuming. You've paid for your makeup. You've paid for set mm-hmm. pieces. You've literally paid for ev- any and everything. And when you move to Broadway, you might not have recouped whatever you paid. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. So you move to Broadway. You're still in the negative. Maybe you're maybe you have some money still from producers that you're just using because it's still gonna cost you per week mm-hmm. a hundred you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to maintain your show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you're in the hole and you're in you're in the red. If you're a business owner, you know that you always start for a while in the red and eventually yeah. you get to a point where maybe you're in the green, which means yeah. that your expenses are no longer have been covered by what you are making, what you're earning. And so Broadway shows do this in a few ways. And one I've already mentioned is producers, right? Someone invests in the production value Mm -hmm. normally at the very beginning. There is someone who's being pitched an idea. We, uh, if everyone's seen Tick, Tick, Boom, there's a moment where obviously there is a showcase and he's pitching kind of to some producers in the room. Mm -hmm. They're the people who are going to say, yes, I'm going to give you $5 million to try and start this for two years. Right. Um, And it's usually what I found Broadway producers or production, excuse me, Broadway productions kick off with money from a multitude of investors and producers and usually each of them from what i found this was an article i read on the economist around twenty five thousand to fifty thousand each so it's not like one person's giving like five million yes yeah Yeah. and and because the i well one because you want to be able to pay them back (laughs) right yeah and two Producers, um, just similar to shareholders in like the public trading space, they have um, they have the ability to sit at the table and say no. Right. And this is true um, on movies and TV, right? When you yeah. see executive producers, I mean, they're they're giving in money and they're also putting mm-hmm. in some uh, some sign off. They yeah. have to sign off. Mm-hmm. At some point, a producer is either hands-on or they're not, right? And that's up to them. But, like, technically, they have some sign-off. They can say, no, we're not doing that. Right. Um, well, they're on- usually also yeah. in charge of – they're also help with casting. They help with yeah. where the – yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Where the because where the show's gonna train. That's like a big part of a producer's job is like what theater, theater they what theater they want to go to, like things like that. Yeah. Another statistic I saw was that for musicals alone, they usually cost about ten to twenty million. That's like the range. To produce. Yeah, to produce. Which is not the same as to maintain. Yeah. True. I have those numbers too. Also in the in the article I said or I saw or if you're Spider-Man turn off the dark it's 70 million. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Guys, I, I mean it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So Spider-Man all of them lost a lot. They lost They lot. did not end up in the gross yeah. or in the net. They did not end no. up But they did the run net. for a long time. That's what was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay, so part of what makes 
uh, why we think that um, thinking about money within when a show comes to Broadway is important is because of the reality of the money that they've already had. So, right, right. like if a show um, is not making enough profit and it costs them su- such and such more mm-hmm. to keep the show on, they yeah. might not stay on forever, mm-hmm. depending on what their budget from other like other aspects that are not ticket sales are. Yeah. So one um hold on, wait, let me back up. That's true. I never even thought of like the merch sell sales and things like that. Like I guess that just goes straight to the production. Well, and I well, I'm sure some of it uh, covers the merch, but I think yeah. part of it too is right, like like I said, people and have invested before it's come to Broadway and then people add in, as we've talked about, when it comes to Broadway, because the idea is they're going to be part of the, if there's profit, they're going to get some, right? Like, let's not forget that the profit just doesn't just go straight to the actors right? <laughs> like yep. Here, yep. or the people who originally came up with the idea. Yeah. Once people have bought in and invested into the show, they are risking their money, but also there might be a great reward. Hamilton being one of the best examples of this. Yeah. So one of the reasons. And what I saw was the biggest, biggest like expenses that are spent for, for a production are salaries of people that work on the production that work at the theater, things like that. And just theater expenses in general. So those are the two highest things that, Broadway productions are spending during a weekly kind of budget during the weekly before yeah. they've made all or yeah. after they've made most of their yeah. decisions. Yeah. One reason why, and then I want to talk about like the technical quickly, the technical things related mm-hmm. to how we measure the success <laughs> or what's happening. <sighs> yeah. But one of the reasons why marketing is so very important everywhere but especially on yeah. Broadway is because there's this really weird time where a show is not yet on Broadway needs to make some money in order to bring on more investors right so it's very weird we need to show people that it's worth being invested in and investing in and we also need to show theater goers like Taylor and I that we want to come see the show yeah And so there's this weird marketing experience that has to happen between a show moving from wherever it was before and it coming to Broadway and opening within previews Mm -hmm. or opening, opening. And the numbers in that time is very weird because often they're running deals, right? Mm -hmm. They're like trying to run tickets. Ticket prices are on average are normally lower than they might be once the show opens because they're running deals. They want Taylor and I to come. It's like a two for one special. They want us to be there because they want to have transactions. They want to have money. And the more that they can show that people are buying tickets, the more they can show marketing wise that people are buying tickets. And then the more they can show shareholders, people are buying tickets and people bring in the money. There's really trying to bring the money in. It's a circle of life. Yeah. Money. I think I read that, um, most shows make a lot of their ticket sales like before 
it even starts on Broadway, unless you're like a big mammoth hit. But yes, so weird, so weird yeah. though, Taylor, because that makes what we're going to talk about soon about these reporting numbers so hard, because. Right there is a point where you can pre-book, right? Like, so Gutenberg's a great example right now. Right. I have tickets for when it is open, but right now it is not yet open. Right. And so ticket sales are up and the average ticket price is up. But a lot of that is because people have bought for when it's open, but they brought before the show started its previews. And Mm -hmm. so it's like how much, how trustworthy are the, numbers before in the advanced ticket selling period is just like a very weird and Gutenberg is an interesting example because it's a show no one knows about but it's a very famous with two very famous people right no one knows about the show however it is getting a lot of good social media buzz (laughs) the marketing's really great the act obviously the stars are really well known right so there's that but that's just an interest it's just that's a very fascinating example um, yeah, to go with as well. But I mean, w- maybe we jump into this now too. But okay. I, I, um, the Economist article I read also had a great video talking about kind of pre and post COVID Broadway, which Ooh. is a very Ooh. big discussion. Yeah. I know that we can talk about. But some things that I learned, and I'll link the article and the video. The video is fan. It's like one of the best videos. It was only like less than ten minutes. It was so great. I learned so many things in like this whole video. Um, it's so pre COVID Broadway was literally at an all time high variety called it a new golden age for Broadway, Mm -hmm. which is insane. And what's also crazy is that not to bring up the movie business, but the movie business in 2019 was doing also extremely well before COVID all facets of the entertainment industry, which was of course, now we have, we had COVID and then the writer's strike. And then now the actor's strike. Yeah. Yeah. So the entertainment industry was on this high and then COVID happened, but um, Broadway itself during the 2018-2019 season grossed $1.8 billion, B, capital B, billion, um, almost $2 billion. And that's why they called it a new um, golden age of Broadway. People were going to shows. People were excited about the theater, which was very exciting. People were spending a lot of money yes, on average, yeah. on a ticket average. Yeah. yeah. And at its peak in 2018, 2019, attendance numbers peaked at nearly 14.8 million. Uh, that's I crazy. Know. I know. It's so crazy. Um, so I think especially now we talk about uh, this podcast, this show started post COVID. Like we, we've only talked about COVID like in COVID times. We've never recorded before COVID. So obviously this is all we know, but I mean, it's not as a podcast. This is all we know. <laughs> Rachel and I were alive before COVID. Um, shocking. Shocking. But um, yeah, it's just so, I feel like, all entertainment industry is as you know as a big capital looking at it is like has changed a lot there's a lot of change that has happened but broadway in general has changed a lot since covid and and i think and even rachel sent me a tiktok video breaking down kind of the weekly grosses of this past week on broadway which was very Mm -hmm. fascinating which we can definitely talk about but I think that's just a big factor is that you have to look at that audiences have changed a lot since COVID. Um, 
what I find interesting is that a lot of the shows that have stayed on Broadway and stayed running for a long time, the big mammoth shows are still pretty popular, but they're not as popular as they were before COVID, mm-hmm. uh, not making as much money. And just one thing to add as I yeah. wrap this part up is that the article that I was reading talked about how you can, I think there's that saying that I read a couple of times, like you can have a hit, like you can wait, I want to make sure I get this right. Because what did they say? You can't make a living, but you can make a killing. Mm. And that's apparently like an industry Broadway saying. Yeah. Um, and I think that's even more apparent now is that people on Broadway just want to be a big hit. And they don't want to be like this lasting kind of slow burn making money. Also because like it's just not sustainable. I don't think there's that. But also, I think it's just hard not like it's very hard to have something like Hamilton and be this like basically mammoth that's keeping Broadway afloat. And then there's all these little other shows. But I think there's room enough for all of them. The other thing is that they talked about in this video about how a lot of shows do very different has have done different things since COVID to try and keep their shows surviving and of course one of the ways they've done that is to bring different actors to shows and the example that they that they discussed Rachel I don't know if you read this article or watched this video Mm -mm. but they talked about funny girl (laughs) the revival interesting um and according to variety so of course we know that Leah Michelle took over for Beanie Feldstein um, but according to Variety, the average ticket price for Beanie's run was about $100 a ticket. During Leah Michelle's opening week, only her opening week, the best seats in the house were $2,500 a ticket. And the worst seats in the house, the cheapest seats, were $500. So that just goes to show, like, the producers wanted to try and change up. They were losing money. They thought the show was going to close and then they reinvigorated it for better or for worse. Like it's not like we're not saying it was, you know, good or bad thing. It's just, they, they ultimately made their money back. We read that a couple weeks ago. So it's uh, just crazy yeah. how much you can bring one person in who's extremely popular and extremely like, I don't know, takes over a show and reinvigorates it and it can make a bajillion dollars. Yeah. I feel like I have so many thoughts. Number one, this would all be a great conversation if everyone watched this last season of Only Murders in the Building. (laughs) There are, it's about a show being produced and there are producers and they are the money backers and it Mm -hmm. doesn't talk that much into depth. I think it's just funny. But, you know, at some point there's a review that goes wrong and the producers are trying to figure out what to do. So anyway, I, um, the other thoughts I have relate to what Taylor was, what you were saying about the pre COVID experience within theater, just it being a boom. Also the idea of paying, uh, you know, $235 on average to see any show, any of the top performing shows at an evening performance, Mm -hmm. um, was normal and fine and something that we some of us budgeted for right because we had had a stable job or we had a job or it was something we splurged on because it's happening right and then there was this shift within covid and the majority of people had some kind of insecurity some kind of um job insecurity or 
feeling like, what are we going to do with our economy? Um, industries completely tanked in other ways. And people were laid off by a lot of companies. I mean, tech company companies, real like big office company and uh, realtors now like don't have jobs because there's still not a need for those things yet. We haven't fully come full circle. Mm. And the idea of paying $234 to even to me is absolutely insane. Even yeah. though I know I have paid that before. I know I have paid that before. And I know that I will probably have to pay that. I mean, right. right? It, but it's still like, this is crazy mm-hmm. um, to think through in the current economical crisis or setting that we're in. So there's yeah. some of that. And then I think trends are a big thing, right? When we talk about, you just mentioned how producers change their mind about they saw the they saw the writing on the wall, aka they saw the money numbers with Beanie, and they were like, you know what? What are we yeah. gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> and actually, and they I watched wanted... their TikToks and read their Reddit, and they, and they like... read the Reddit. One yeah. little intern on there um, read the Reddit and said, yeah. "Hey y'all." Um, no, I think. Mm-hmm. A remember when voice... Michelle was on Glee and yeah, she remember that time girl? when she's yeah, yeah when she's saying, mm-hmm. "Don't rain on my maybe brain. we should." I just saying. Yeah. Um, No, but I want to tip my hat to a beautiful noise because I think that they've done this recently, right? They they know um, their audience or they have learned it. Yeah, that's my favorite musical. They've learned their audience. And this is why they changed to eight shows a week. But four of them are matinees and four of them are night shows. Mm -hmm. And they've seen their ticket sales change in a positive way because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I... So I think that sometimes the numbers tell us things that are not just about us closing. Sometimes it can tell us, okay, we need to up our sale. You know, we need to up our sales by just a little bit more. Who can we bring in? Is someone rolling off? What kind of press can we do? You know, the, the marketing team is told, I'm sure that this is what we need to do because this is the number of ticket sales we need to have for this week. Mm-hmm. But I think, the other thing that is an issue writ large is that trends only help if producers are actually willing to look at them. Yeah. And I think that we could be in a space where Broadway is making enough money is recouping some money, but it's not going to be the amount of money that producers think it's going to be. Because production value and what we expenses need to go down. The production expenses need to go down. Okay, people need to stop paying themselves so mm. much at the top. And, you know, this is a whole other rant. But, right, like, there's this idea that the way that we do theater, ha- have done theater in the past of eight shows a week, asking people like you and me to come and pay at least $150 for an okay seat and sit there for two and a half hours and see a like, okay show is just not going to happen. Right. So theater producers and their entire team need to think better about the content that they're bringing, how they're bringing it and how much it's going to cost. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of this obviously is the space that they're in. It is so much easier for people to recoup a smaller theater. Right. Like, I mean, or I guess to have better capacity for a smaller theater and be able to charge more for their ticket, maybe because it's a better show. They might not be Mm -hmm. making as much money as if you had, you know, 
68 capacity, 68% capacity at a big theater. Mm-hmm. But right, do you have 98% occupancy? Because that matters too. Right. So yeah. I don't know. I think maybe this is helpful if we talk through like what we're when we talk about the week's reporting, what we what people on average are measuring, not the people who do the big analytics, but people like you and me can go on to Playbill, to Broadway World, to the Broadway League and literally see the week's grosses. Correct. Yeah, I do want to say currently average ticket price for the 2023-2022 season last year was $135. So it has gone down. (laughs) That's the average. And then brought a a quote from the Broadway League in a Playbill article, which we'll put in our show notes, of course. Broadway, quote, Broadway is making a strong rebound as audiences are returning to New York City to experience extraordinary live theater. The Broadway League president, Charlotte uh, St. Martin says the 2022-2023 season numbers indicate an upward trajectory of 12.3 million attendances and nearly 1.6 billion in grosses. So. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't think that we're over here saying the broad, Broadway is dying. We will be yeah. at some point talking about how regional theater is dying, uh, but that is not this episode. But right, like how you know, we know that Broadway is functioning. I think that this is just a moment to to think through why are some shows successful in this? And like, what when is the indicators of success that are not just the content is good? Because obviously, right. if it were up to me, A Beautiful Noise would not be the content that we continue to see or MJ yeah. or whatever it would be. But also there are butts in those seats and people are seeing it and people on average are paying $146 right. to see Neil Diamond, a beautiful noise. <laughs> it's wild. And they oh have, I gosh. mean, they're at like 67% capacity last week. What is happening? Yeah. Like, it's I mean, wild. so right. Like, but they know how to market because someone mm-hmm. looked at this data and looked at it before when they were running eight shows, a week normal with only two matinees and they said no this isn't working this mm-hmm. isn't working yeah well let's get into that what's the so yeah you can go on to these sites and look specifically literally at just right the growth thing <laughs> of this week and w- let's talk about this past week rachel i mean even okay. the week i saw a comment rachel sent me a tiktok by I want to make sure Brian, the business analyst. Yes. Brian, the business analyst who we will reference in our show notes, of course, Um, talking about the grosses from this past week. And I saw a comment on there, someone talking about how they wonder if this is skewed a little bit because of the flooding that happened in New York city. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah. As of this coming out. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I didn't even think of that. So that's even. Yeah. Cause that was over a weekend. Right. Yeah. I mean, we could go back and we could see Broadway grosses from two weeks mm-hmm. ago and we could decide. But it is fascinating yes. to me, like which shows are making the most versus which ones are struggling. And obviously it's interesting to look at like the plays as well. Like what are the plays making even plays that have stars in them? Like mm-hmm. Alex Brightman, the shark is broken, is not making that much money. <laughs> the shark is truly broken. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you what What were your thoughts on the weekly gross? Well, I want to talk to people yeah. if they can't physically see, but just so you know, what it shows you is what the show is. On, I mean, they're all a little bit different. They have different um, like graphs, but 
essentially it shows you what show are we talking about? What is the gross, which is the money that was made this week, not minus the expenses, just the money that was made. Right. What was the gross same kind of deal for the previous week? What is the percentage like, or some of them show the financial difference, whether it's up or down from the week before, what's the Mm -hmm. average ticket price? What's the top ticket price? What's the attendance and what's the capacity um, how many performances they have, the capacity percentage this week versus last week, and then the percentage difference within the capacity. And not all of them show all of those things, but essentially there are options and formats to see all of that. And yeah. there are some, there are some that are so lovely and they share you what the weekly expenses are versus the gross. And you can really tell that maybe people yeah. are only shows are only making maybe $10,000 a week, if even for some of them. And you're like, that is crazy. You're technically you're making 1.0, you know, $1 million. And really Mm. in reality, all you're making is 10,000. I do want to talk about too. I found this article from 1986 that was talking about the business of Broadway. And the first sentence says, is theater dead? Is Broadway to go the way of vaudeville and the minstrel show? Oh, wow. And it just talks about how, like, even back in, it says here, not if you overhear the comments of the throng of jubilant theater goers I saw streaming out of a chorus line the other night, or if you can depend on those who came out of the Winter Garden humming Andrew Lloyd Webber's unforgettable memory. Memory. Yeah. (laughs) So... I just think it's interesting, like, of course, business ebbs and flows. So this is something yeah. that, you know, we've been talking about since apparently 1986. So um, Since we started. Yeah, since since Broadway started in 1986. Not, not um, well, you know yeah. what I meant. And ultimately, like, we think these discussions are important. And it isn't, it's, it's not only interesting to look at Broadway grosses just to see the ups and downs of each week. But it's it it is good to sometimes stay informed so you know, like why why your favorite show is closing, why maybe yeah. a show or why just a show in general, like why did New York New York close? Like maybe we can go back and look at all the grosses from the weeks and their expenses. That, yeah, and and it looks like a very expensive show to put on. Um, and we didn't even talk about like theater owners, like you have to pay yes. theater owners. A fee. They take home five to seven percent of the weekly box office, plus a flat fee of around mm-hmm. ten to twenty thousand um, a week. A week, yeah. And theater owners have. There's this thing called a stop clause, is what I looked into. I don't know if you saw this, Rachel, where no. theater owners don't have to evict the show as long as they are meeting above the stop clause like above the line of the stop clause i guess within the contract Mm. if the ticket sales are below the stop clause for two weeks in a row then the theater can shut down the production that is see this is crazy yeah Yeah. and also that's so much money right that is so much money that is going to the theater theater. and yeah i mean and and i if you look at the if you look at this money chart here of broadway grosses you're gonna think wow these actors get paid so much i'm telling you they do not get paid enough right Right. there are a lot of people who get paid and the actors do get paid but not enough it also depends what you're doing in the show what type if you're josh groban right but even still 
I right. mean, he gets paid for sure. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like he's not making the same as yeah. he might in Hollywood. And it is the same for Hollywood too. If people don't know, if there's Barbie that made one, almost $1.5 billion this summer, half of that goes to the theater chains, the theaters. So it's basically the same. The studio only takes home half of the, half of the money, which is kind of insane. So it's it's crazy. And this is why, this is why the Broadway business extends to things like merchandise and soundtracks Mm -hmm. and um, like, or whatever they were calling them recordings Um, and also licensing, right? Like if you've made um, a musical, right. And you're going to license it out, then you have a licensing contract with probably MTI or someone like that. And they license it out for you. And then you get a fee. It's kind of the same as, what I hope now is me watching things on Hulu and eventually maybe that actor actually gets paid for me watching a rerun or whatever that looks like now um, or writer. Uh, And then also touring production. So touring is is for sure expensive in a lot of ways, but it's expensive in different ways. And definitely your overhead costs related to theater is down. Um, and normally because you're in a, in a city for maybe, maybe seven performances, maybe, um, or eight, if you're really lucky that unless you're wicked and you do two weeks stays places, like you're most likely getting quite a bit of ticket sales, Mm. um, because probably the capacity is going to be pretty high. And also the good thing about Broadway touring is that your money is kind of already, in your hands when someone like me pays for a season ticket uh for my broadway touring i paid that back in june and that yeah. was before any of the shows have come or even right. before then and yeah. so it's kind of like this guarantee like they're going to get the money um from my ticket whether i actually attend or not uh and that is not always the case uh within broadway sometimes you know a lot of theater capacity it might be filled at 30 percent pre-sales and then you have to fill the rest right. uh, for day up tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. And yeah, touring and um, licensing is its own thing. And I think ultimately like a show does want to become, I think ultimately when a show comes on Broadway, depending on the show, of course they want to try and become something like Hamilton. They want to become a stamp they want to stay on broadway a long time but i think they do also want to tour they want to (laughs) tour because they can make a lot of money doing that but then they also want a license like they want people to you want to do all of that because you you can make a lot of money doing licensing because they charge a lot of money for schools and regional theaters and whatever to license the show and and all that money goes back into the creative team goes back and i mean there's lots of ways it goes back into it so yes the other thing i want to mention too and then maybe we can wrap up if you have anything is uh this consulting kind of firm that i found called business of broadway and um there are four um kind of producers they're all producers that started this company together all tony nominated two tony winners within the one of them uh producer for the revival of parade 
one of them um there was a producer for something else but one of them is going to be oh a strangely on broadway which was great one of them is going to produce how to dance in ohio this fall nice it's great but anyway this consulting firm basically talks all all these four producers talk about like different business aspects of broadway and right now they do classes they're virtual classes they do think there's things like producing 101 creative development unions and got and guilds um building your social media strategy. All of these have signups if any of our listeners want to sign up for these. And they're all like pretty inexpensive. Like the most expensive one I found was $50. So any, and the first one, the producing 101 is $30. So if you want to check them out, yes, worth an investment. And I think it looks like a very awesome, they do, uh, from what I saw, they do classes all around, New York City at different colleges. They do, they work with um, different Broadway um, organizations like Playbill and the Broadway League and things like that to kind of, um, I think, really just help the next generation learn about the business side of it is really what they're wanting to do. So, yeah, I love that, Taylor. I think that, I mean, first of all, we should take that class for anyone out there thinking about how to write a musical um, or, for anyone out there to produce about, well of right. course producing but you know when you think about content at some point you're not just writing it for yourself right mm-hmm. it's not a poem you wrote to yourself when you're thinking about creating a musical you're thinking about it being out in the world and it having an audience and that doesn't necessarily mean that the audience has to be broadway but right. to produce a show um, and in order for you, you know, as a writer or as a musician to be in the production team, you have to know how it works. You have to know yeah. what works, just like you would know melodically if that sounds good or doesn't. You also need to at mm-hmm. least have your feet wet into yeah. this is what audience is like and this is not or yeah. and or this is how the money works. Yeah, and this is what you need um, if you're trying to pitch yourself. And we do talk a lot about Broadway on this show, but yeah, like Rachel was yeah. saying, like there is a lot of theater that is not Broadway and Broadway yeah. is just like the main most popular hub. But obviously we talk about like West End and regional theater, regional even, even yeah. regional theater around in other countries and, but also inside the U S. Um, so yes, there's a lot happening around the U S that's not Broadway as well. So that is just as important, if not more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, anything else you would like to add, Rachel, on this business discussion? I was like, does anyone make money? <laughs> Who makes the most money? Like, True. at the end of this, at the Lyndon end of this, I, like, I mean, does he? I mean, obviously he, yeah, does, he does because of yeah. other things, too. But, like, mm-hmm. this is that moment where you're like, you have to reach. I think this is back to your quote. You, you can't make a living, but you can make a killing, make right? A like killing, right. there's no in between. You either yeah. are in debt mm-hmm. uh, yeah. or you are literally like, oh yes. And then you're like, have the next thing and the next thing and the next thing happening yeah. for you. Um, yeah. And it just makes me really think about, I know that entertainment, the entertainment industry is always an industry, but it is also yeah. hard when something is also an art form. Right. For it to be a business. Right. And that goes with anything. 
Um, but it's just it's just really hard because I wish that sometimes the reality was that we were not dictated about the money or the trends or the analytics yeah. or the numbers. And we just yeah. were here trying to take in new accessible theater. And I think the barriers to Broadway are so big. And is that's a really good title for a book in case anyone needs that. Um, <laughs> or, like the barriers to Broadway are big. Confused. Not to be confused with Les Mis and jumping on stage. Yeah. Too. yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. The barriers were not big enough right. Right. in that scenario. Yeah. And True. I just, I just want more accessible musical art forms. And I understand that that will take a lot more time to get to Broadway because of right. the business side right. of things. Yeah. Accessibility is a whole other conversation for sure. No, of course. Yeah. But I, think I it's do think. money. Yeah, for sure. And I do think maybe that's even one reason why we did put off this episode is because we just love the show part of it more yeah. than the business side. And so it's we're for like, sure. we love the show. We love like we love the art part, but obviously yeah. the business is very important. So <laughs> we got to give it to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, if there's anyone nothing... wants to school us on some business of Broadway okay. and wants to come on a podcast mm. episode and be even more in depth with us we're not opposed so just let us know we're never opposed for people coming on the podcast that's right um well there's nothing like show business no biz like show biz that's right and uh thank you rachel for having this money discussion Um, i know you were saying money 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 but there's a song in spongebob the musical uh (laughs) that's about mr Krabs singing money (laughs) <laughs> insert clip and yeah, it's so right good it's so, so good all right rachel let's finally talk about character of the week character of the week yeah. and i only say finally week. because it's been two hours yeah we've we've talked a lot we've Poor Taylor is literally ready to go to bed. Oh, well, you have to stay awake. Yeah, I do have to stay awake to feed my baby, but for two and a half more hours. But okay, so I feel um, a little less sad, but I still feel bad. It's okay. You know, it's 9 p.m. my time. So yeah, we're good. We're doing it. Here we are. It's It's also Monday as you're listening to this. So welcome to Monday. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) This is the time. If you're new, this, this is, is the segment. segment. This yeah, is the end. Right. This is the ending segment. So mm-hmm. welcome. You're almost through. Yes. Power through. Power through. Um, and where Taylor and I think about what are we up to? What have we been doing this past week? What are we feeling? What are the vibes? Really, what haven't we been doing? <laughs> Honestly. And yeah. then we try and pick a theater character-ish uh that assemble assembles resembles the same thoughts feelings Avengers and vibes assemble. also yeah theater adventures yeah. assemble yeah oh my gosh uh captain america the musical in disney world um we would also love to hear your thoughts on all of our buzz this week uh, mean girls going to london so exciting um the lame is interruption of course Lots of wild things happening. Uh, of course, your thoughts on the business of Broadway, the money. Um, send us money. That's all. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start a, a you know. That's send all. us 
Here's our Venmo. Random envelopes of money. (laughs) Here's our GoFundMe for the podcast. Um, (laughs) Just get random envelopes of change. That's all we need. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, We also want to hear your uh, characters of the week. Who's your character this week? Tell us on our social media. You may get a shout out on a future episode. Rachel, would you like to hear my character this week? Please tell me, who is your character? Who is my character? Well, this week, as of recording this, it has not happened. But um, oh. releasing Monday, today, um, I officially have gone back to both of my jobs. I have two jobs. I've gone back to one of them a little bit part-time and then going back to my full-time one soon. And because of that, I'm just getting ready to not sleep ever again. <laughs> Is really because having a newborn and having two jobs will be fun and a podcast and also doing things that I enjoy. So there will be lots of time. No sleep. I will sound like an alien probably. Um, but this character is not an alien. He's a real person and uh, he. I'm a real uh, yeah, it's Pinocchio. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I chose this character because I feel like he works a lot there are some aspects i'm feeling i just feel like like the working aspect like he's with his he's not seeing his kids a lot his kids want to play with him and like want to be with him anyway i am this character because he is also going back to work a lot and that's right i'm mr george banks from mary (laughs) poppins and He has a redemption arc. It's okay. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm in my redemption arc already as we speak. Jean Bajan redemption arc. Um, (gasps) Yes. George Banks. Here we are. Yeah. The kites. Where's your kite, Taylor? Um, It's, you know, it's happening. Okay. Yeah. Gotta get on those kite skills. Yeah, that's right. I gotta, let's go fly a kite. Mm hmm. Ah, uh, Rachel. I love, that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Who is your character this week? This week, I've already told Taylor I'm breaking the rules. Um, yeah. and this is in- yeah, it's it's inspired. <laughs> it's inspired by uh, a few things. Number one, that I already was a character I really wanted to be, uh, <laughs> because it is spooky season. Yeah. And, um, and we don't have official rules for character of the week, but we do try and not be the same character. <laughs> yes, that is like that. And we, we try not to repeat characters and of of ourselves. Right. Um, and That's what I meant honestly, by we try not to be the same character. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I thought it, it meant also meant that you and I try not to be yeah, the same that's character. True, but we've done that before. Also true. Yeah. We have. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, as I ramble on, uh, there is this line in a song and uh i was that character before and so anyway it reminded me of this entire musical because it's about that and now it is officially themed sexy corn and that's right this week i'm shocked and i didn't tell you why but i am shocked <laughs> the whole musical because i'm just musical like, shocked. i am yeah. the whole musical shocked, but the spooky version where i am the candy corn Oh, okay. Because I, I wanted to be sexy corn. I wanted to be Karen right. from Mean Girls. Um, but I've already been her. And right. I've also already mentioned her as sexy corn. So yeah. anyway, yeah. I am shocked the musical because I am all over the place. Mm. Because I am just feeling a little out of sorts. Like 
I went to Maisie and I went to Tampa and now I've come back to my my home and I'm confused. Yeah. Um, And and there's candy corn everywhere. Just living for the marketing. I'm really just bowing down to the Shuck team. Like I'm living for their marketing. Today they post about Reba wants to see you. I know. (laughs) With with Reba as the um, Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. And it is just a Rosie the Riveter like kind of poster. It's just so good. And I... I just love them. I don't know who you are, but good job. Yes, please DM us and we will have you on the show, whoever you are. Shocked Marketing Team. Oh, that's incredible. It is the um, spooky shocked season, I guess. It's spooky Um, shocked season. Because I assume I'm going to be at a corn maze. So maybe that's also why. Wow. Wow. I love that. Cool. Yeah. Please just sing. And see my spooky, see my spooky oh yeah shirt. i see it please just sing shocked while you're walking through the corn maze the whole time <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah, well if you guys would like to join in on our discussing di- little, uh, hello yeah, hello Okay, we're close. Uh, Colin, uh, if you guys would like to join in on our discussion, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us for the business of Broadway, and we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>